0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Jets stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. My name is Jesse Finver, and with me today, as always, is my co-host, my partner in crime, the man, the myth, the legend. Quite the introduction he's getting this time around. Connor Sheeran, how we doing, my man?
1: I'm not sure if I'm worthy of that. <laughs> I, but I appreciate that, Jesse. I mean, it's good to be back. What is this like the first time in a month where we had some like, news to talk?
0: Yeah, I think it's about some, some that jet stuff. And just a little, you know, we have a guest on today's episode. We did, and, and Connor, you're not the only redhead here today. I'm not the only bearded redhead
1: <laughs> here. It's a, it's a twofer. We, like have, it's-
0: <laughs> we have Jake Asman from the Jake Asman Show weekdays at 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on SportsMap Radio. Also host at ESPN 97.5 in Houston. Jake. Thank you very much for coming on. He's also a Jets fan, folks. So he is suffering with us along today as we have yet to do basically anything in free agency. Jake, welcome to the show.
2: Guys, thanks so much for having me. And Yeah, this is the first podcast I've been on, I think with another redhead. So Connor, it's a, <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to be <laughs> on with Spikes you. On
1: too. Yeah, this literally might be my my, my first experience on a podcast. With we're, we're, we are harnessing
0: we are harnessing the power of the redhead universe on this <laughs> on this episode of the Jetstream. So
1: we're using you know, it to manifest some actual signings. Yeah, you I, you Irishman. power.
0: we need your luck. <laughs> are you are you are you Irish, Jake?
2: No, I'm actually not Irish at all.
1: Which is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so then. All right, all right.
0: Connor, we'll you're pulling. You're pulling. You're pulling most of the way here, then.
1: Let's we'll pull, him, we'll pull double
0: the weight. <laughs> right. All right. So, uh, a lot to get to on this episode. Uh, we have Jake for you know the next forty-five minutes or so. So we're going to get to a whole lot of things. Let's start off with what we all we all went we we all came into this free agency with our own lists. Every Jets fan, people that we wanted the Jets to sign, and that's the same thing every single year. And this year is. An interesting year for the Jets, to put it lightly. You know, a new coaching staff. You got year two of Joe Douglas. He has a lot of draft picks he gets to play with. He also has over seventy million dollars in cap space, which is the second most in the league. And that, honestly, that number could go up because I don't. I guess we're just not signing anybody, and we're just you know thinking about trading even more people away. Um, if you saw the 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 uh, the report about maybe getting rid of CJ Mosley, so you know maybe you would, maybe we're just hoarding cap space. I don't know. Maybe that's that's the goal, but. The Jets have a new coaching staff with Robert Sala coming in and Mike LaFleur, the offense. You have year two of Joe Douglas. People had some expectations for this offseason. With A lot of guys that they were targeting, Joe Thune, Corey Lindsley, you know, Kenny Galladay, people really wanted a- Allen Robinson before he got franchise tagged. There were a lot of wishes from Jets fans. And so far, I, I, so it's been 18? How many hours has it been? I'm not good at military time. It's 645 on the East coast right now. So it's about what 18 hours or so into free agency and the Jets have one sign like that. The Jets have made one signing. And so, you know, listen, Gerard Davis could be nice, but he's not what Jets fans were expecting. Jets fans had high expectations. And I wanted to start this episode off with addressing those expectations because something needs to be said. I'm seeing Jets fans lose their mind on Twitter, on social media, and you know what? That's not surprising. We're talking about Jets fans here. We're a very fickle bunch. Okay? But something Jets fans need to learn is patience. Because for the longest time, this team, this this organization, has just thrown money at the wall and hoped that something stuck. They have tried their damnness to make splash after splash and turn things around for this organization. Whether it be Le'Veon Bell or C.J. Mosley, whether it be Tremaine Johnson, you know, or back in the day when they went on a splurge and got Bart Scott and Jim Leonard and all those guys, that's one of the rare times where free agent signings actually worked out. But if you actually look at it objectively, if you actually look at it from the standpoint of what do the good teams do and what do the bad teams do? Now I can't show you a chart on a podcast. There's no video on this podcast, so we're I'm gonna do my best here. But there is there there's a chart that I I, I tweeted out earlier. If you want to check it out, go to my Twitter at Jesse Finver where it says free agent spending versus record. Now I'm going to give you guys some guesses as to who the teams are that spent a lot of money and had bad records and who the teams are that didn't spend a lot of money and had good records are. So Connor and Jake, you can guess at will. Who do you think are the, what teams do you think land where?
1: Hmm. So wait, sorry. Repeat the question one more time. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to process because I just saw the Patriots are signing Kendrick Bourne now. Oh. So I'm trying – I I mean, not that, he, not that that's a big name signing, but I, I'm i losing track of, like, how much – how many players that the Patriots have now snagged up. You know, the,
0: the Patriots are having a very Jets-esque offseason and overpaying they for are. people.
1: They are. So
0: I'll just – you know, you don't even need to guess. The teams in the bottom right are the teams that spent the most and had the worst record. The Jets, the Jaguars, the Lions, the Raiders, the Browns, the Giants – the Panthers, the Dolphins. Do you, you notice a trend here? All the bad teams spending a ton of money in free agency, overpaying. All the teams in the top left of the chart. The Steelers, the Ravens, the Patriots, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Chiefs. There's, there's a little bit of a correlation there. And the reason I bring this up is because Jets fans for some reason think that you can just solve all your problems all your problems by just throwing as much money as, po- as, po- as possible at free agents. But time after time, Joe Douglas has reiterated the exact same thing over and over again. We're going to build through the draft. We're going to do this the right way. So when I wake up and I see Jets fans at 10 in the morning, 9 in the morning, being like, what's the big, what's the holdup? Why haven't we signed anybody yet? And then we then we miss out on Thune and Lindsley, the two guys that Jets fans want the most. Because honestly, the biggest the biggest issue so far with the Jets last season was that offensive line, and and it's been that that issue for a long time. They needed interior offensive line; those were the two best guys on the board. So, where's this all going? Well, you know, sometimes good players want to play on good teams, and that's what happened here. Thune signed with Kansas City. Because they're the fucking Chiefs, all right? (laughs) They just went to -to back-to-back Super Bowls. They've been to three straight AFC Championship games, and they have the best quarterback in the NFL. Lindsley signed with the Chargers. You got Justin Herbert. So I just wanted to get a little – I know I was monologuing a bit there, but I just wanted to get that out to start this podcast because it's been a little while since I've gotten to talk to you Jets fans, and – all we need is some patience. All right? Good teams build the right way. They don't overpay for guys. And you know what? When you when you are ready to contend, that's when you sign a Joe Thune. That's when you sign a Corey Lindsley. All right? But the Jets aren't at that point yet. So that's where I wanted to start this pod off. Boys, obviously it's disappointing that we didn't get either of those guys. I want to know what your reactions are. Jake, I want to start with you as you are our guest this week. You work in a major market. There's been lots of discussion about the Jets and the Texans these days, and, and you know a whole lot of things that are going on in the NFL. As a Jets fan, obviously we're not talking about Deshaun yet. I want to bring up Deshaun later, but as a Jets fan, at least let me know what you think of my, my, my take. You know, Should we be expecting all these guys to want to sign with a 2-14 and 14 Jets team, or are, are these Jets fans who are complaining Do they have a point?
2: Uh, Well, I I think what you said there, there's a lot to unpack. I I mean, Jet fans have every right, I think, to be upset so far. But I caution and say, as we record this podcast, there could be a bunch of splash moves that happen for the Jets. Like, the the market is still unfolding. There have not been any major edge rushers besides Yannick Ngakwe that have been signed so far. The wide receiver group, yeah, Kendrick Bourne's a nice player for New England. You we saw that they signed uh, Nelson Aguilar as well but neither one of those guys are true game changers, right? I mean, you still have all the big-time receivers that are out there. Obviously, the edge rush market, you know, I just alluded to, you know, Ngakwe, but you have Trey Hendrickson is still out there. Bud Dupree is still out there. Uh, Jadavian Clowney is still out there. There's a bunch of names that are still available for the Jets. So, you know, I, I disagree a little bit with your point on, uh, you know, you got to build it through the draft. I think GMs just say that you have to do both. You have to sign smart free agents, and you also – have to be aggressive and on your draft picks. You know, a couple of years ago, the Giants went to the playoffs because they had a huge offseason. The Dolphins doubled their win total and nearly made the playoffs after they had a huge uh, free agent spending spree. We're seeing New England go from seven wins to now we'll see what they do with their spending spree. So I think you've got to spend money. That's why you have the cap space. But I think you've got to spend it the right way. I think you could criticize the Jets for the lack of spending on the offensive line so far. But if they end up addressing wide receiver, other skill position spots, and they end up addressing the edge rush spot, right. and then they use the draft to fix the interior offensive line, you're going to look at it a lot differently. So it's it's too soon to be too overly critical one way or another. I'm disappointed they didn't end up with uh, with Thurney or with Lindsley, of course, on the offensive line. But I think it's just way too early. Uh, to, you know, turn your back on Joe Douglas. I mean, most Jet fans I interact with or that call my radio show every day love Joe Douglas and think he's a great GM. So mm-hmm. let's not let the first six hours of free agency right. drastically right. impact <laughs> your thoughts on the guy. We're still so early on in this process. And, and I think right.
0: that we actually do agree on, on some level there. I'm not saying that we should be bashing the Jets for signing or not signing Thune and, and Lindsley, right? I really wanted both those guys. Did I think that we were gonna get them? Absolutely not. At the end of the day, this is a two and fourteen team, and we can throw as we can throw as much money as we want at the, as these guys. The Jets can throw as much money as they want at these guys. But how can you blame a guy for wanting to protect Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert? Whereas the Jets, what is the Jets plan a quarterback right now? Honestly, I don't think they know yet because they haven't even gone they haven't even gone to Zach Wilson's pro day. You know, there's there's a lot of things that the Jets are still gonna be figuring out. Right. However, you could still absolutely. <clears throat> Go after some skill position guys. You, you can't do everything through the draft. The Jets only have a finite number of picks. But, you know, if you can get a Kenny Galladay or I guess you can get a Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't know how I really <laughs> feel about that. I mean, I do know how I feel about that. I really don't want him. But, you know, he's an upgrade over what the Jets have so far. But, Corey, uh, Corey Connor, jeez, it's been a while. Connor, <laughs> if you can just – if you can elaborate a little bit on that with me, you know, uh, where do you, where do you stand on this right now because i'm i'm a little in the middle
1: right i uh i actually went on before i was on the jets subreddit and there's a there's a comment that's pretty much perfectly sums up today it just says there's three scheduled over overreaction days for every jets for every jets like year one is the first day of free agency when they miss on players second is the nfl draft weekend when every player that they draft is either the best player of all time at that position or the absolute like worst, like how could they possibly do this? And then the week after the opening game, and that pretty much sums it up perfectly. You know, we're sitting here all we did for the past 18 months, I would say is praise Joe Douglas and, you know, say he was like, you know, the greatest thing to happen to this franchise in years. I think we, like you guys were both saying, it's like, you just have to, you have to be patient. But I think uh, out of anything is, if you're going to miss on those two big name free agents, he has to hit on one of the big name receivers or one of the big name edge rushers. Otherwise, then he, otherwise, he comes out of this looking real bad. And not just like from people trying to defend him. I think just from a, a universal kind of PR yeah. standpoint, it, just, it, it, it doesn't look good on his resume to be this, like while it's a good thing for him not to overpay for guys like the Mike McKagan method of trying to solve Jets problems. At some point, you got to drop, you got to give someone the bag to come here and play with this team and try to help fix things. So I think that the next, yeah, the next like day or so, we're really going to get a better idea and we're going to be able to sit back and kind of either laugh about what we were all tweeting and worried about today or continue our downward spiral as we careen towards the NFL draft.
0: Yeah. I mean, by, by, by the time this pod is up, Jake, you said it, things could be very different.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? exactly. Exactly.
0: Things can be very different. However, you know, we're in the reaction business right now. And so far, uh, it's it's been pretty meh. It's been pretty meh. Um, you mentioned pass rushers. Uh, Leonard Floyd just came off the board. He's going to the Rams. Uh, I think that was a one-year deal. I'm not 100% sure. Also, Philip Dorsett is going to the Jaguars. The Jaguars make no sense to me, but we're not here to talk about the Jaguars. No. Um, all right, so – some big names have gone off the board, uh, like we mentioned, Thune, Lindsley. Um, I can't be too upset, but the one thing that the Jets have done is go after a guy named Gerard Davis. He's a former first-round pick. One year, $7 million, 5.5 in guarantee, and then it has incentives to get to seven. I actually saw a very funny video earlier where he was playing Spy, on a play and some guy goes, yeah, I love this guy's motor. And he literally just like walks into the offensive. Line. <laughs> um, no, I think this could be a good, especially if they're going to get rid of CJ Mosley, I mean, right. he plays more of an outside linebacker, but it's still having linebacker depth will be good. Um, this can't be the only signing though. It won't be. I want to ask you guys this. We have our, we, we, we sign a linebacker. That's it so far what's your number one priority now that the two main interior offensive linemen are off the board, what's your number one priority, Jake?
2: Uh, I would say probably edge rusher. I I think the jets are going to be able to get multiple wide receivers and free agency, even if they don't spend big money on like Kenny Galladay, there's just so many guys that are out there. So I don't know if they need to put, you know, close to $20 million on just him. I don't know if he necessarily makes the most sense, but edge rusher is such a need. It's time they invest. Uh In that position. I mean, they have not had that player really since John Abraham. You got to go all the way back <laughs> yeah. to when they traded him and sign, you know, Trey Hendrickson or Bud Dupree or Jadavian Clowney even or two of those guys I just mentioned. I think that'd be great. And they end up with, you know, a combo of Corey Davis or Curtis Samuel, Will Fuller, who I think would be really good with the Jets. You know, he's an injury risk. I see him here in Houston all the time, of yeah. course, but but I think he's a good player. So there's options. I think Jeff fans got to calm down a little bit. Like they're not going to, they were not going to sign everyone. (laughs) This big spending spree. So jet fans are panicking because all the Patriots, but who have the Patriots really signed that the jets wanted, like that the jets needed to get right. right? Like let's they're, they're in two totally different situations here. The jets are also a team that has 19 draft picks over the next two years. Like if everything goes well and we're, we're assuming there's no Deshaun Watson trade, We're talking about at best a team that we think could go nine and seven next year. At best, right? We gotta be realistic about where this Jets team is. So, you know, I I just think you gotta give Joe Douglas more time. If he ends up adding a couple big players at wide receiver and edge rusher and free agency, and then they use the draft to improve the offensive line on the interior, we're gonna look back and say, you know what, he knew what he was doing. He didn't overpay, give any ridiculous contracts, maintain their flexibility and allows them to continue to add to the roster with what I believe will probably be a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract going forward. So a lot could change between now and the draft, but I think that's kind of where we're headed right now based on some of the moves we've seen early on or the lack thereof moves from the Jets so far.
0: What about you, Connor?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, as far
1: as who I would like to see, I think I'm going to agree with you there, Jake. I think Ed Rusher is just – I mean, I'm tired of seeing guys like, like – like Bryce Huff and like these guys that get trotted out there as John Franklin Myers. John Franklin. I mean, it's like I mean, I like guys, John.
0: I like John Franklin right. Myers, but these
1: are we. I mean, you you and I he praise on on these guys on the on the pod all the time, Jesse. But it's uh, these are guys that a lot of the the guys that go out there and play <clears throat> linebacker or edge rusher for the Jets they wouldn't be starters or like let like let alone maybe a bench player like on a lot of teams. A lot of NFL rosters and the Jets have been doing this for years now, and it's maybe a combination of just injuries or just poor planning and just not finding the right guys. But it's time like it's been be it's been time for years and years now for the Jets to have that guy that uh, offenses need to scheme around. Like it's I mean, look at it. How many like all like, the successful I would say the successful NFL franchises. The majority of them have that guy. That the offenses are lining up, quarterbacks look across the line of scrimmage, and they see this guy, and they know that above almost all else, they gotta they gotta figure out and they gotta plan to see where this guy's gonna be on the field at any given moment. And I mean, like you said, Jake, I think the last guy the Jets had was probably John Abraham that was doing that. You know, the last like really big sack season that I think any Jets player had was Muhammad Wilkerson. Back in twenty fifteen, was it? And then he got his, you know, then he got his extension, and everything went downhill from there. But yeah, I think it's time for a, a good edge rusher. I think at this point, it's just would I would I be, you know, would I be upset if the opposite happened and they only got the good receivers? Absolutely not. I mean, you have to be excited about that. But let's focus on the edge rusher now. Let's so, see where everything goes with, with uh, wide receivers. So I'm looking at
0: Spotrack. And the free agent tracker, and there's this year more than most years. There's there's a lot of big names in free agency because of just how things worked out with the cap and the pandemic, and just a lot of vets were cut. I'm seeing names like Ryan Kerrigan, Justin Houston. I uh, mean, you mentioned Clowney, Jake. Uh, you know, uh, Carlos Dunlap, Von Miller. Are you? any of these names pique any of your interests for like a two to three year deal? Are we thinking one year deals? Are we even going after people like this? Are we trying to stay young? Wh- what's the vibe you're looking for in terms of team building right now? Because this year is so unique in terms of who's available. Normally you, you, you don't have this rich of a market. They're like Richard Sherman's available. Uh, you know, Desmond Trufant was good for a long time. Uh, you know, just a lot of names available. Is is this a route you'd be willing to go, or are you trying to stay young, look at guys who you can build around, or are you looking for more vet types?
2: I think it's a mix. I think what the Jets are probably going to end up doing, and you see good teams do this a lot, is that they'll they'll let the top-of-the-line guys set the market. And then they'll swoop in for some value signings. And it's a good year to to be the Jets with the cap space because most teams will not be able to offer the, the type of deal the Jets can offer to a lower-tier free agent player, right? The Jets could offer, you know, a one-year deal like another team could offer, but they could increase the money because they have the money to spend. And New England's pretty much done now, it looks like, with free agency. So it's really the Jets and the Jaguars, the two big-money teams that still have all that cash to spend. Of course, teams can create space, and it seems like the NFL salary cap is a bit of a hoax at times, right? It's a myth. <laughs> It's it's fake
0: news, man. I don't. I I have given up on trying to understand it. Like what yeah. this, what the Saints are doing with Taysom Hill makes absolutely no sense to my brain. It just doesn't. Right, it my, doesn't compute.
2: And basically, my point on all that, Jesse, is to say that I think the Jets are going to end up with a plethora of signings. It's just probably they're probably just waiting for the market to develop. Like they'll probably not sign the top guy at each position, but if they accumulate a bunch of solid players. That's how you could kind of build depth on your roster. Then you have the draft where they have a boatload of picks to contri- continue to build up the team. I also don't discount the trade market as well of uh, being a, a possibility for the Jets. I mean, if you're Joe Douglas and you've accumulated all these draft picks this, by the way, before you probably trade Sam Darnold and get at least a th- you know, a second round pick and, you know, a third round pick this year or something next year, who knows, like you're going to have opportunities to improve the roster. So, you know only reacting to the first six seven hours of free agency is tough because yeah they haven't signed any major free agent names but there's still so many good players you just read a huge list of all these guys that are out there you know it's not like the jets are the only team in the nfl that hasn't signed a marquee player there's right there's most teams besides really new england that hasn't been that aggressive early on so far
0: and it seems like the jaguars are picking up steam also um i to answer my own question i guess um <laughs> I think that I would stay away from the older guys. You know, I feel like these guys are – I mean, a couple of them have already won their rings. But if you haven't won a ring and you're an older guy, you're not going to a team that was 2-14 and 14 last year. You're just not. you know. Unless you really want to play for Robert Sala and you love what the Jets are building and growing. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't say that I'm I'm uh, on, like, the – I mean, listen, I'll take Richard Sherman. I like got, like, a vet – minimum deal he's 33 he's not exactly a spring chicken anymore but i'm not like i feel like i feel like vaughn miller is gonna ask for like a bag you know like the last time he can make money um you know justin houston will stay probably an in indian like you know play for the contender that they're on you know Clowney will probably ask for a monster deal um even though he's probably not going to get it because he never gets a monster deal uh connor are you are you where, where do you land on this
1: I think the Jets roster is so barren at this point that if they do sign vets, unless this unless it comes at the expense of signing the bigger names, we have no right to get upset. Yeah, like we have no right to get upset if they sign Richard Sherman because look who the cornerbacks were. Like, <laughs> are we going to say that we should take Richard? We, we should take Lamar Jackson as a cornerback over Richard Sherman? Like, well, are uh, yeah. you talking that we should do that? Like, pa- no.
0: Patrick Peterson's available. <laughs>
1: Like yes, like we like we unless like I said unless it's coming at the expense of signing the players that are gonna be here for a while and are proven studs, then no. Like it, it's if it comes as a, like a vet a vet move that uh, guys like I mean, look at when uh, they hired Salah. I mean Richard Sherman did nothing but he praised like on him and he obviously he didn't necessarily yeah. I think, express express interest. But he said, he's like, I loved playing for that guy. Like, if I wanted to keep playing, that's pro- like that's a guy that I would continue to play for. He so, said Deshaun
2: Watson should force a trade to the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Remember, yeah. That, like- that was like... That's the biggest thing, Connor. He said that <laughs> the Jets coming off two wins based on just their head coaching hire, and that's all he needed to tell one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL to leave the franchise he's on now, where he's been to the playoffs two of the last three years as the starting quarterback, to leave that team to go to the Jets. So that tells you all you need to know about what people think about Robert Sala. So if they want to sign Sherman to kind of be what Jim Leonard and Bart Scott were when Rex first got here, to kind of you know change the identity and set the the – Know, foundation and develop the culture of the team. I'm all for it. You're not going to give him a three or four year deal, but if no. he wants to take a one year deal, incentive base where he can make a lot of money if he hits certain uh incentives, of course, I'm all for it. If I'm a Jeff fan, you know, I would just hope he would unblock me on Twitter. I mean, my God. <laughs> hey,
0: you know, him, you know, I'm blocked by Ryan Clark, so, you know, we're both be- blocked <laughs> by defensive backs. Um, I'm also blocked by Sunday Night Football, which I still don't understand they like it's the like Sunday, Sunday
1: football. football account yeah
0: I'm blocked for some reason I, I don't know
1: I don't really
0: know. Y- yes I I don't know I don't know maybe I, I've never talked trash to the Sunday football account why why would I right like um, would you tweet
2: Joe Bucks better than Al Michaels and they were like nah, not no I would I out. would
0: ne- I would never say that something this as out. crazy as that <laughs> um yeah another m- move from the Jaguars Carlos Hyde Jesus Christ, these guys oh, are just... Is Urban Meyer in charge of the... Is he the GM there also? Yeah. Uh,
2: he, he makes the final decision. They they brought in Trent Balky as the official GM guy there, though. Gotcha.
0: Okay. All right, so you brought up Deshaun Watson. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't bring him up, as you are a Houston-based radio host. Uh, the Jets have obviously been linked. Uh, Houston Chronicle beat reporter John McClain has been kind of pounding the ground, saying that the Jets are the best option. Uh, he is, as you are well aware of, as plugged in as it comes when it comes to the Texans and and things of that nature. I'll phrase it this way. One of the things that – one of the arguments to be made from the Jets and their fans as to why the Jets would be a good destination is you have this plethora of picks, you have a good coaching staff in place that Deshaun allegedly likes – and with all the cap space, you could sign a guy like Thune and Lindsley and have an improved offensive line. And because Deshaun has a no-trade clause, you can sell Deshaun on, hey, look, we signed these offensive linemen. We've improved in the skill positions. We signed Galladay or Sch- Schuster, whoever they ended up getting. And we can focus on other things in the draft now that we've focused on the offensive line and the skill positions in free agency. Now, skill position still up in the air, and by the time this comes out, Galladay or Smith-Schuster could be a Jet, for all we know, you know, or Will Fuller, you know. The thing is, you didn't get Thune or Lindsley, and the options below him aren't exactly top tier. So, if that was the quote-unquote plan, and Jake, I'll I'll give this to you, because you are the Houston guy here. If that was the plan A, in your opinion, what should be the plan B for the Jets, and would that plan B even be good enough to convince Deshaun to waive the no-trade clause to the Jets now that you missed out on the interior offensive lineman you wanted to you to sign to protect Deshaun in the first place?
2: Yeah, I, Jesse, I don't really think missing out on either of those offensive linemen impacts Deshaun one way or another. He wants to leave Houston. So if the Jets make the Texans the best offer and they're willing to trade him, this all has to be before the draft because once the draft happens, if the Jets take a quarterback, I think they'd be out on Deshaun. That would mess things up. For the Texans. So if they're going to trade him, the time to do it is before the NFL draft. So if they do listen to offers, I I, I don't really think you know what the Jets have done in free agency so far impacts things. Because ultimately, if Deshaun wants to leave, the Texans would come to him and say, Hey, we're gonna trade you, but you're going to the team that gives us the best offer for you. Like we'll just hold on to you for another year if you're not willing to waive your no trade clause because you want to be too, you know, nitpicky on your team. I have been told that he would waive the no trade to go to the Jets. He wanted the Texans to interview Salah, his marketing guys from Brooklyn. I think Deshaun's the type of player that would enjoy the appeal of being the biggest star in New York City and playing for a team like the Jets, right? So I don't think that's really an issue. I think it just comes down to, are the Jets going to be the team that makes the best offer? You know, they can make the best offer, which is why McLean brings that up. It's why I've said no team is in better position to acquire Deshaun than the Jets. But that also means the Jets have to be willing to give up All the picks that it would take to land them and I think they would I think they could offer three ones and you could still say hey we would still have a first round pick either this year and next year and down the line we would still have our ones we could flip Sam Darnold to recoup some draft capital we had to give up so I still think if he gets traded before the draft the Jets are the favorites to get him, and I don't think anything that's happened in free agency so far drastically impacts that one way or another because we know the jets are going to improve their team. It's not like they're just going to do nothing and just run it back with right, the same right. team they have right now. We just spent the whole podcast talking about all the good players that are still available. So long answer to your question, but I think that if he is traded before the draft, I still think it's going to be the jets when it's all said and done, but we'll say, I- I'm not fully convinced the Texans are actually going to trade him before the draft. I think this could get ugly. I think he might have to hold out. And I think the Texans, you would hope if they're not going to trade him before the draft would have the intestinal fortitude to not do anything to not like pull a Cincinnati Bengal and Carson Palmer situation when you trade him, you know, before the trading deadline and you get pennies on the dollar for him, Right. So right. if you're the Texans and you're not trading him before the draft, then you can't trade him till the following offseason. And nobody seems to know if that will happen. And if the Texans will have that intestinal fortitude to actually, you know, deal with the the backlash and the distraction of him not being there, how how that would impact, you know, just the, the entire organization and, and what people think from the outside looking in and how it impacts the locker room and all these other factors that come with, you know, him not showing up or him showing up and then saying his hamstring hurts. So there's a whole lot to uh, – really digest with Deshaun and the Texans but I'll continue to say it if he is traded I still think it's the Jets that make the most sense if it's done before the draft
0: what was your take on the David Cully interview the other day I forget what podcast he went on but they basically asked him like is Deshaun your quarterback and he essentially said yeah he's our quarterback right now like he did the Cliff Kingsbury thing with Josh Rosen what was your take on that
2: it was interesting because he did that podcast the Huddle and Flow podcast with the NFL Network and it was taped about 10 minutes before he did a Zoom press conference with us here in the local you know the local Houston media and at that press conference he basically doubled down that Deshaun's the quarterback you know we we made a commitment to him we think he'll make a commitment to us so it's almost like someone got to him and said hey uh you know in this press conference change the message where we're <laughs> always Deshaun's our guy and whatnot because it's it's kind of really two different Uh, Versions of what he said within 10 minutes of each other, right? So I thought that was interesting, but I don't think it's really David Culley's, you know, issue at this point. Like this is a Nick Casario decision. He's the one that is ultimately going to make the decision here with Deshaun. Uh, I I seriously think that Casario, when he first took this job, he probably did not realize how bad it was between Deshaun and the organization. But I, I also think there's something to be said. You know, for Nick Casario, maybe going to ownership at some point and being like, look, like we're not fixing this. His value is never going to be higher than it is right now. This is the time to change him uh, to, to trade him. Excuse me. But you know, the thing with Cully, it's it's like a tough spot. I mean, the guy's it's, never it's, been a coordinator before. It's been, a, he's been it's an impossible assist. spot. Yeah, he's been in the system for 30 years. He's finally getting his opportunity. And, you know, he's inheriting a team that if they trade the Sean Watson is basically a, an expansion level team. So. It's a tough spot. He seems like a nice guy, and I'm I'm rooting for him to do well. Seems like a really genuine person, but mm-hmm. it's a really mm-hmm. tough spot for him to be in. And you know, in hon- in all honesty, he's not the one that should be asked the Watson questions. That's a Nick Casario, Cal McNair type of uh, right. You know, conference that needs to happen. Yeah, he
0: really does seem like the nicest guy, and everything I've heard. I, I'm, I all I do is listen to sports talk radio, and everybody that is talks about David Callie is like, this guy's been around the league forever, and everybody loves this guy. It's just the worst possible situation he could have been. He could could have been handed. Um, all right, so we only have you for a couple more minutes, Jake. Give me a give me a, a, a prediction percentage wise, just to wrap up this Deshaun stuff. Where you are at with the teams, like give me percentages for each team. The top three, you know, I think it's the Jets, the Dolphins, and is it, is it still Carolina? Is this are they still on in on this? So wh- yeah. wh- what's your what's your take on that?
2: Yeah, I think Carolina would still be on it. I, th- I think you still have to include the Niners and Bears in it. But I just – I don't see it, man. I, I think he's either a Texan, a Jet, or a Dolphin. Like, I really think it comes down to it. And what I would hope would happen is Joe Douglas, even if he doesn't want to give up that much to get Watson because he doesn't believe in doing that and believes in building through the draft and all that nonsense, I would hope that he almost plays keep away at that point because no team can trump the Jets' second overall pick offer. Even if the Texans don't like Zach Wilson or they don't want to deal with Justin Fields because he has the same agent – as Deshaun Watson, they could then take the second overall pick from the Jets and flip that into two ones, right? Carolina comes up from eight to two. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're setting your franchise up for success. I did a segment on, on the radio the other day where I basically laid out a, a scenario where they could turn Deshaun Watson into as many as five or six first-round picks if they make a trade with the Jets and get three ones and then take the second overall pick in that deal and flip that for an extra two ones and continue to trade down and be like the Sixers. Of the NFL, You're trading Deshaun, which sucks if you're a Texan fan, but at least you could sell your fan base on you have a competent GM that knows the draft, knows what he's doing. So I still think it's, it's in the best interest for the Texans if they're going to trade him to trade him to the Jets. And if it's not the Jets, I see Miami because Miami's closer to winning. I think he'd love to play in Miami. And, uh, you know, obviously Miami has a top three pick that would still be very valuable too. So um, it, it, I would say probably 50% Texan, 25% Jets, 25% Miami or maybe I'd go a little higher with the Jets and lower the Texan number. It's just so tricky cuz I'm not once again fully convinced they're actually going to trade him before the draft. That's what I like to hear though. Well, L- Jets a little bit higher than the Dolphins. Just, <laughs> just, just because a, they have just the second pick, you know? Yeah. They, I just think you got to put them a little higher cuz of that, but you know, the, the, clearly the Dolphins are closer to winning. But that's where the Jets and Douglas and Sal would have to sell to Sean on on coming to us and I think he'd waive the no trade, but it really comes down to well, would the Jets make the biggest offer? They can. But we don't know if they will, and that's that's also a big question here as well.
1: Right.
0: All right, question to you guys now. Are we even, a, like, a little bit afraid of the Patriots at all anymore? Like, they're spending lots of money. They're doing all these, like, you know, flashy signings. Does it, does it move the needle for you at all? Because, like, for me, it doesn't move the needle like, at all. I, I It's like I see these moves. I'm like, all right, cool, like 6-11. and 11. Like <laughs> – i'm not i'm not i'm not exactly convinced that anything's gonna change here as long as cam newton's the quarterback are you guys afraid until
1: until bill belichick is gone and six feet under the patriots will always be in the back of my mind as a possibility that they can recover and turn into a team that might not win the super bowl but will still continually continuously ruin our lives you know i just i just think that you can't sell me on the Patriots ever being dead. Like, yes, all the signings they made, like Nelson Aguilar today, like nothing – like you said, nothing moves the needle about what they did today. Nothing. But if there's anyone that can take a player and, like, completely turn him around and, like, rehab him into a, like a semi-competent player at that position again, it's Bill Belichick. Like, he's proven it time and time again that he can do it. Whether or not, whether or not any of these signings turn into that – who knows?
0: Like I got but. Pats fans in the group chats like celebrating like they won the Super Bowl today. Like Matthew Judon was apparently a, a home run free agent signing, a guy who's never topped double digit sacks as a pass rusher. And know. just
1: making the signings doesn't necessarily like you like you guys are both saying. Just making the signings doesn't necessarily mean that they're all good players. <laughs> like
0: right, that's, but that's, that's the that's the thing, you know. But I don't know. I just I saw a lot of Pats fans celebrating today, and I was like, yep. Back like a couple of years ago when they still had Brady, I'd be like, "Damn, this sucks!" Like the Pats are, you know, getting who they want. They're actually they're actually spending money this time and they're getting who they want. But now, like it just, I don't know, man. Doesn't move the needle for me at all.
2: Until they figure out their quarterback situation, you're you're not going to be afraid of them. Do I think they could go from seven wins this past year? And if Cam is a little better with some better players around him, and they get their you know players that opted out on defense back in. Can they go from seven to nine to ten to six? Yeah, sure. They could be a playoff team. There's seven teams that make it now in the conference. But I just I don't think Cam Newton's a championship caliber quarterback anymore. So I think their ceiling is limited to you know maybe you go to the playoffs and win a game if everything goes right. Like they don't scare me. You know they're they made some nice moves today and they're going to be good because they have Belichick. But you're not you're not afraid of New England. Buffalo is still better. And if Miami you know gets a a big you know year two from Tua, they're probably still better than New England at this point as well. So. We'll see. I think you always got to respect the Patriots because you never know where, what, what's the next move that uh, they might pull off. But barring you know something drastic at the quarterback position, I just don't see them being a uh, legit championship contender. All
0: right, Jake, before we let you go, um, so obviously we have spent a lot of time talking about Thune and Lindsley earlier. So this is from Connor Hughes. The Jets weren't just uninterested in Corey Lindsley. They never even called to check on the price. So this is the top. This is the highest-paid center in the league now. Apparently, the Jets' thinking is they like Connor McGovern, and they believe he will excel in the Kyle Shanahan-Mike LaFleur offense. Moving him to guard wasn't even something they considered at all. Reaction to that?
2: Well, I hope they're right. I mean, the, the previous offensive coaching staff was a joke. You know, you have you have some hope that the the offense they're running, that they're bringing from uh, Shanahan's playbook, that, you know, that, that they have a, a good understanding of which players fit and which don't. And if that's the case and McGovern ends up being a decent center – and, you know, they have some extra money now to spend to address other needs. And, you know, they could use the draft to fill out the rest of the offensive line as well. And maybe it ends up being a good thing. But they're going to be judged based on how McGovern does, you know, this year at center, because it was pretty obvious. If you sign Lindsley, you can move McGovern to guard where he's played before and has been good there. And, you know, that could make you a better football team as well. So we'll see. Clearly, the Chargers paid a lot for the guy. They made him the highest paid center in the history of the league. But, you know, the, Jet- the Jets need good players. He fits the-, the bill there. So we'll see how McGovern does in this new offense because there's now a lot of pressure on him to play well, and there's a lot of pressure on Lafleur and Sala, who obviously vouched for Lafleur getting this job, to, you know, actually be right. And the Jets need to do a better job, we all know this, of developing their own talent, right? I mean, we- good teams find diamond in the rough players. They fit the scheme, and they have good years. The Jets need to be that type of team now, and hopefully they will be going forward
1: connor agreed with everything jake <laughs> just said <laughs> he said it better than i probably could have so i mean yes yeah obviously as, as we've said a hundred times it's missing on big name free agents always hurts but we never want to find ourselves in a cj mosley type situation or a Le'Veon bells type situation and jesse i mean you and i are both extremely guilty of you know looking back and playing armchair quarterback with uh you know the whole Le'Veon bell thing because we were you and me were both over the moon when that happened and i think we learned our lesson big time we with did him. yeah we did and cj mosley i don't think is like we can't really fault ourselves for you know that i mean he got injured and then covet happened and he decided to opt out what are you gonna do
2: you know, we always will have that first quarter of the Buffalo game, though. Or always that, have like, The first three quarters of that game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we will. we Taylor for
1: three quarters. Oh, yeah, my we will. God. It was, uh, that um, was exciting times.
2: <laughs> I, real
0: quick, because we only got a couple more minutes left. Uh, this is from Pat Leonard, Giants reporter. Seahawks, This, but this is about the Jets. Seahawks coach Pete Carroll has a high opinion of Sam Darnold and could end up trading for the Jets quarterback if Seattle deals Russell Wilson, which they're probably going to do. A league source tells New York Daily New York Daily News Sports today. Keep an eye on Seattle for Darnold, the source said. Um I just want to put this out there into the universe, because I've already done it on Twitter, but you know, I want to do it in the the podcast sphere as well. If the Seattle Seahawks trade for Sam Darnold and Russell Wilson leave Seattle, I will never stop laughing at Jamal Adams. Ever. I never i ever point, I, I will i will always at least at least it like there'll, there'll always be like a little flame inside of me like internally laughing at jamal adams because i don't even need you to give you because you know if you're listening to this podcast you know it's just fuck that guy and that's all i gotta <laughs> say about that that's all i gotta say about that if he has if he demanded a trade from the jets to go to a winning for franchise to play with russell wilson and then Russell Wilson demands a trade a year after he gets traded there and he gets stuck with Sam Darnold.
1: I will,
0: <laughs> I will have a hell of a time on that uh, that elevate on to that, that bird app. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jake. Uh, I'll let you you gotta go you gotta go. You got a prior engagement. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been a long time. I've been meaning to ask you for a while, so I appreciate you finally being able to come on the pod. Anything you want to uh, promote or Anything like that before we let you go.
2: I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks for having me. Uh Twitter and Instagram. It's just my name, Jake Asman, A S M A N. And uh do a show every day. A lot of Jets talk, even though it's a national show. But I Jets <laughs> have been such a, a national, you know, team because of all the free agent and Watson rumors and whatnot and having the second pick. So you know, it's a national show, but we do a lot of Jets talk because I got him right? So, of thanks course, for having me. This course. was fun. Exactly.
0: Absolutely. It's a great show, guys. So, take a listen. It's on every day. It's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, right?
2: 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern on uh, sports map Radio. All right. So, uh, quite a lot has happened
0: since we recorded the first part of this episode that you just listened to. Uh, so much so that, you know, we recorded this and then I'd say 30 minutes left. 30 minutes later connor 30
1: minutes to an hour baby <laughs> yeah
0: like <laughs> the jets just started going off and signed a whole lot of people so we'll go we'll go through the list we'll give our reactions and we'll talk about it uh the first guy that they signed we talked about already in the last part it's gerard davis uh since it's we're recording on wednesday we recorded on monday before so since then i've done a little bit more reading on him he's uh Gonna fit really well with this offense, with this defense. Excuse me. He's an outside linebacker who can come into the middle and play. He had a really good. He had 100 tackles his rookie or sophomore year, and then there was scheme changes and a whole bunch of shit happened, and he kind of suffered for that. But when he played in the similar similar style of defense, he was a beast. So hopefully, playing with Sala, who's good with linebackers and good good all over the defense. Hopefully, the... This will be a good. This will be a good fit for him um, mm-hmm. on a one-year, seven million dollar deal. <clears throat> then things started getting crazy.
1: Um, <laughs> Joe Douglas finally stepped up and uh, started making some announcements. <laughs> yes,
0: So it was at seven forty-nine. This happened. Corey Davis agreed to a three-year, thirty-seven point five million dollar deal that included twenty-seven million guaranteed for the New York Jets, per sources. Uh, if you don't follow Michael Nania he is with Jets X Factor and he has this chart of all his top guys for certain position groups and he posted offensive line and wide receiver and pass rusher and all this different stuff and for pass rusher and wide receiver the Jets got two of the top guys we haven't gotten to the pass rusher yet we'll get to that in a minute but Corey Davis was the number one for Asian wide receiver on his list now obviously Nani's word isn't everything but it's certainly it's an aggregate the, the chart is an aggregate of like five different metrics that determine how good you are. And he was one of the best PFF guys. One of the best, uh, and it includes stats. I think it was, uh, yards per catch or something like that, or route yards, yards per route run. I don't know. It was a bunch of different things. Regardless, he was the top guy and mm-hmm. a lot of people really, really like Corey Davis, even though he only had like 900 receiving yards and like 60 catches. He was one of the top. It was, it was more of the style of offense that they ran. I mean, they had Derek Henry,
1: that was in ten games too. That was in ten games. Yeah, so he's like it was like nine hundred and fifty yards, five touchdowns. He, I think he played in twelve and started in ten. He's really so that's good. that's actually pretty good. Yeah, like he's very especially good. especially when you're and he's playing he's playing opposite um, AJ
0: Brown. AJ yeah. Brown, thank you. So you have two guys. He was the third option on that team for sure, and he had played really well. I think as the number he'll be the number one option, unless Mims takes a big jump in year two, and also depends on who's playing quarterback and whatnot but That's thing I think talk. Corey Davis is a great addition. I want to look up is he, is he 6'4 also, Corey? Davis, good question. Height. Let's see. He is, uh, because I remember, yeah, he's 6'3". I remember him when he played at Western Michigan, um, rowing the boat with, uh, PJ Fleck. Jesus Christ. Come on, Jesse, you're better than that, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so PJ Fleck, you know, rowing the boat. He was really, really good with them. Fifteen yards per reception, seventy yards per game. He had five touchdowns, nine hundred eighty-four. He almost had a thousand receiving yards in twelve starts. That's right, really, really good. Uh, he had a higher—I mean, he had a higher PFF grade last year than Kenny Galladay. Obviously, Kenny only played like five games and was hurt a lot. But you know, yeah, he's one of the—he was one of the top targets, and I'm glad the Jets got him. When I saw the deal, the numbers, everything it means. Listen, the Jets need weapons. And now you have Denzel Mims, who's six four, right? And you have Corey Davis, who's six three. You have Jameson Crowder, who's in your slot. And then you have Yeah, 6 oh they're both six three. And then okay. you have and then you have like Braxton Berrios or somebody who the Jets are looking at very intently, like Curtis Samuel. Watch yep. him watch him sign with the Jets right after we finish recording. That's gonna happen. <laughs> Alright.
1: Um, or Kenny, Kenny Galladay comes over because he's visiting the Giants. He just it's like, yeah, you know what? Take me over to Florin Park. I kind of want to see. I kind of like New Jersey. I'm yeah. not feeling up the Giants. <laughs> Let me see what Florin Park's has all about. Right.
0: So, and then also the Jets could draft some wide receivers. You yeah. never know. I mean, they I also. They will. They, I yeah, think they will. they will. Um, and who's the other guy? Uh, Lawrence Cager. People yep. loved him last year. He's another guy on the roster. So also, they have, uh, they have apparently, options.
1: Apparently, Cager yeah. apparently is a. Uh, Maybe they're just buddies, but him and Be- Beck tweeted something the other day. It's like, like don't forget after Corey the Corey Davies like don't forget about Cager though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I All think right. K- it was Cager who got a catch in uh in the preseason, and he wasn't like registered or not the preseason. It must have been one of the early games of the season because there wasn't preseason last year. But he had a catch, and he wasn't like registered as a player on like espn or something like that so like the stat for the catch was like unidentified receiver <laughs> that caught the ball it's like oh my god it's like like that's a, that's a perfect stat for a jets game like <laughs> yeah yeah
0: that's uh that encapsulates it all all right so Corey davis it's not like a home run or anything he's not like one of the elite, elite wide...
1: yeah kenny galladay has received an offer from the Bengals, but no decision has been made yet According guess, to whom? According to Diana Rossini. But he's still vi- he's still going to visit the Giants.
0: Eagles, I'm told no decision has been made. While other teams are interested, one of those teams is the New York Giants. Graziano reporting this year will visit with New York. Yeah. Uh, one of the teams referenced in my earlier tweet. Um, okay. Yeah. I don't know why he would go to Cincinnati over New York, but. I got to th- I, I, mean, th- I gotta think hates- it has
1: something to do with Burrow. Burrow, like, yeah, playing with Joe I Burrow. I forgot. Something, yeah. something like that, yeah.
0: I've and I imagine was...
1: Bengals, yeah, the Bengals would probably pitch him pretty hard. I mean, I'd rather, granted, Burrow's coming off that really bad injury, but I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd rather fine. play with Burrow I'm than worried. Daniel Jones if I'm I not was. I worry about Joe.
0: Yeah. Speaking yeah. of the Bengals, yes, the, the Jets just, uh, not just the Jets, the other day, after we recorded, as we've mentioned eight hundred times already, <laughs> uh, agreed the terms with Bengals pass rusher Carl Lawson. Carl. This I think is... This, is, this,
1: this might be karma coming around from the whole Carl uh, crisis.
0: Yeah, it's games. full circle.
1: It's coming full circle. Like, you know, the whole Carl-Matt rule crisis. Yeah. So <laughs> Carl
0: Lawson is going to be the best pass rusher the Jets have had <laughs> in 17 years. Just let that so. marinate in, in the <laughs> soup that is our brains. At this point. If it,
1: if he, if he isn't, let's hope he, where you freeze up some, uh, some room for, for Q, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be awesome for the jets. He led the league. He, he, sorry, he was second in pressures in the NFL behind TJ Watt last year. And he was like second in quarterback hits. He only had five and a half sacks, but I mean,
1: he was playing I think, with a yeah.
0: washed up Carlos Dunlap for most of the season. Is Gino Atkins even playing anymore?
1: It's a great question. Like, I don't don't think
0: that that D-line is anything to to write home about in Cincinnati. And Lawson was the only, like, one of the only positives. Every single person who I've talked to or every tweet I've read, I I haven't seen somebody say a bad thing about Carl Lawson so far in terms of how he is on the field. Um, Wow, so... Real quick, Bengals offered Kenny Galladay a one-year prove-it type deal. Oh. He was with Cincinnati OC, Brian Callahan, in Detroit when Galladay was a rookie. But a lot of wide receivers are looking for that. Um, so yeah, the catch actually. Explode and he was hurt, right. so he wants, like, a real deal. I'm sure that's what he's looking for. Anyway, Lawson will be the best pass rusher since John Abraham. He's the real deal. I've seen some of the tape. <clears throat> He gets off the line fast for a big boy. Right. Um, right. So this is going to be a huge boost. It's going to help Quinnen. It's going to help the whole defense. The Jets... Like, imagine having a guy like this when Revis was on the team. Right. Like, instead of Calvin Pace being your leading sack, would get her Calvin like,
1: Pace.
0: Everybody I'm seeing is like, yo, Quinnen and Carl Lawson together is going to be terrifying.
1: Right. It that's, is. And, and that's all... Uh, that's exactly... I mean... With, with Salah's coaching, that's going right. to be real. Right. And I... I don't want them, well, they obviously, you know, they, they, it's funny how, like, you and I follow, and I think there's, like, a disparity now between, like, uh, older Jet fans, older football fans in general, and then us who, like, you know, scroll through Twitter during, like, this period every 30 seconds. I had my uncle texting me before about, like, how, how he wants Joe Douglas to get fired because he doesn't think that he's done enough over the course of, like, the past, like, couple days. And it's like if we've learned anything over the course of the pe- of of Joe Douglas's tenure is that he's got his method. He's not over. He's not out there and you know throwing the bag at you know every single free agent. And he's gonna he's gonna play it smart. How he's old not, is
0: your uncle? If you mind me asking. In his sixties. Right. So we're talking so, about him. Is he Irish as well? Yes. Yes. We're talking <laughs> about a sixty mid sixties Irish man.
1: That's, I mean, we get where you're coming from. I got no, I, I, and I, I don't. It's like one of those things. Like I don't know what to say to that. Like there's no thing I can say that that's going to make you. It's going to make it clear for you. i like why I think Douglas is doing the right thing so far.
0: You should tell him to call in a WFAN and, and, <laughs> and say what he's saying, and we'll, with uh, all the other things. we we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, he'll get a real t- nice reality check real
1: quick.
0: <laughs> you know. Um. So yeah, Corey Davis and Carl Lawson are the big names the Jets have signed so far. I seen Lots of rumors that they're they're not done. They're gonna go no. after more, uh, and we'll have another episode next week to just kind of recap everything that's happened because I'm sure a lot of stuff's gonna wrap up in the next couple of weeks. Like I think Watson's gonna get traded in the next week or two.
1: I think and, so too. I mean, them signing the Texans signing Tyrod Taylor makes right that all that makes it all but assured. And then uh, then I, I honestly don't know what's gonna happen in Miami now because they they just signed um, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. So I mean, obviously he's not, not going to be the starter, but like, what the hell is like, what the hell are they he's doing? A, he's
0: there for hail marys. They're paying him yeah. 10, million, <laughs> exactly. ten million dollars. Ten million dollars for hail Marys. Exactly. That was March fifteenth, Monday, Tuesday, March sixteenth. A very underrated signing, but somebody who is going to play a major role on this football team. Defensive back Justin Hardy. He may not even play on defense. Mm-hmm. But that's not why the Jets signed him. This guy is a special teams demon. There's a reason why the saints led up less punt return yards than every team in the NFL last year or most teams. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they led the league and that's that. And he's a huge reason why this guy gets down the field like a cheetah. Right. It's, he is so fast and is so good at what he does. Listen, you know, he's a Mike Westoff guy too.
1: Oh yeah, that's all. That's all I needed to hear. That's all you need to hear. So, this
0: is this is a good signing. The only thing you need to know is that they announced this signing, and every single comment underneath it was from Saints fans being like, "God damn it!" Like, I wanted this guy back. He's so good.
1: Same thing. Same thing.
0: These are fans fans who have watched sixteen straight years of winning football, so they have a good idea of what you know works and what doesn't. When every reply, no, like he's like a no-name guy. Usually, you get like random people commenting on stuff. This was just straight up all Saints fans reacting to the signing because it was Nick Underhill, I'm pretty sure, who reported it first. All of them were saying the same thing, no, in all caps. Like (laughs) they basically were Michael the Michael Scott Jeff, like no, God, please no. Like (laughs) like
1: he's one of those random guys. Like I I mean, the outside of Lawson and Davis, the other two signings that the Jets have done are like the quote, unquote you know, they're not like sexy signings. They're not they didn't get Thoney, they didn't get, you know, um, they didn't Lindsay, go out – they, Lindsley, Lindsay they're, they're not going after Galladay or Juju. They're not going to get Galladay. They're not well, who knows about Juju? I mean, who knows, I, yeah, I haven't who heard I haven't heard I haven't heard, heard a, a a, uh like, a bumble about Juju like who the hell knows about him. They didn't him? get Hunter Henry or Juju or uh or uh John U. Smith. I really would have like I really would have wanted Hunter Henry to be honest. Yeah, same. Henry and Herndon I think would have made a good made for a good duo. Yeah. And I'm I I, they I think need we another tight end. Yeah, they do. I mean, they have to they, you know, Maybe they
0: bring in like Kyle Also Erdogan.
1: Also, it's funny. The other night, when Henry Anderson got announced that he got signed that they, the Patriots signed him, and I tweeted like, you know, as I what I always do if I find out like like the uh the Patriots signed like an ex-jet or something like that. Like Belichick's gonna rehab him, and he's gonna become like the next like J.J. Watt in his prime or something like that. Just like joking around, and then of course, who likes it? Henry Anderson's wife. Oh, it's like it's like, oh, here we go. Like, yeah, she. I'm
0: pretty sure she used to follow me too. Yeah,
1: she. She's yeah, she's you know good for her. You know, she's sporting her, her guy. Like she just, I'm sure she like she was just name searching Henry Anderson and stuff. But um, yeah, no. So I think going now what the, I mean, the Jets still obviously have a lot to try to like some holes to plug up that they can free agency. And I think we, we talked about it a little bit the other night, but you know, Richard Sherman is obviously out there and he's itching to, I think he's itching to sign with the team and play. He tweeted out like before he tweeted out like his quote unquote, like resume, like four pictures of like all his like statistics and what he can do and stuff like that. And I mean, I kind of want the Jets to inquire. Yeah, I said, no, I, I would, I would love to Jets have. They should. Like,
0: I would love to have Sherman. There's, um, there's a couple of guys from uh, San Fran that we're probably going to go after because of the solid connection. Uh, outside of Sherman also, I think there's a – I don't want to butcher this guy's name. but
1: Oh, yeah, Quan Williams, yeah.
0: Is that his name? I think so, yeah. Quan Williams. Okay, so, yeah, that's another guy. I was interested in Shaquille Griffin, but he went to Cincinnati. I mean, he went to um, to Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, I would have I would have been uh, very interesting. But
0: yeah, I mean, listen, the more San Fran in East Rutherford,
1: the better. I'm I'm all about it. You know, yeah. make make East make East Rutherford, make Florin Park, San Fran East. As far as I care, they're obviously a team that even with the amount of injuries and shit they went through last season. We're still, you know, you could even you, you could tell that the reason that they had a mediocre season was because of their injuries. I mean, think about just think about that that game they against the Jets. They were still good. They were still think like, about, think about that game against the Jets. How many guys did they lose in that game on the defense? So many. They, they lost, lost like they lost team. like they, they lost like three four guys in that game. Like it was crazy. They lost and
0: everyone that game. They
1: lost. I mean, that you know you don't like to be like that fan that just says it's like you know oh but all. We would have, we would have, like, you know, totally beaten you guys. We didn't have such and such and such. In the 49ers' case last season, they are, they were well within their rights to say that that's the reason why their, uh, why their team wasn't very good last year. But also, like you said, it's like they still were a, a fairly average team in a very good division. So that also came into came into play. And that division's, well, maybe uh, who, who the hell knows what's going on in Seattle right now, but that division is still going to be very good, you know? It's
0: all love out there in Seattle. It's all love.
1: It's, it's all, all love. love. I saw, so would say it because the, the, the Jets re-signed Josh Adams. And I saw someone in the comments of, like, the, the tweet that the Jets account put out was just like, I thought this said Jamal for a second. And I was going to say it's all love. <laughs> like, all love, baby. All love. That's all it is. <laughs>
0: that's all it is. All right, so that's, the, uh, that's what we missed.
1: We'll try and get this out tomorrow, hopefully, yeah. unless they make it, they make some more signings within like the next like two hours, uh, and we'll have to do this again. <laughs> yeah,
0: but we'll, uh, I'll send this to Nick and uh, our producer. Yeah, he'll, producer. Uh, he'll uh, chop this all up and make it sound all good, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy our uh, analysis and thoughts on what's been going on with the Jets. We'll have another episode next week to recap everything that's happened. Um, or whenever more stuff happens. I don't know. We'll figure it out. That'll be all for the Jetstream. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Stitcher. I think I got all of them, right?
1: You did get Spotify, so that's the one you always miss. I always miss Spotify.
0: (laughs) Sorry, it's just always in the back of my mind because I'm an an Apple (laughs) Music guy. All right. Uh, Thanks again to Jake Asman for coming on. Uh, Connor, that's a pleasure as always. Peace!